Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Bishop Kobanga J.O. You know, women understand matters to do with bathing things. Women understand the, the mystery of the womb. I know for men that is a culture shock, but in the spirit, each and every one of us must have a womb in the spirit. The womb of your spirit, whereby you're able to carry your, you, you know, the purpose of God in your life so that you may be able to find expression within the construct of your generation. Hallelujah. Because friends, we serve in the consecration of the heart. We do not serve in our clothes. We serve in the consecration of our hearts. In other words, friends, what I'm saying is you need to be a son who, and when I talk about son, for those of you who do not know, the word son biblically or spiritually does not refer to men only. A person who is a son is a spirit. So whether you're male or female, you must understand that spiritually you are a son because you're a spirit being. You existed in divinity, you existed, you know, in God, in Christ, even before everything else was created. And the only reason why you're on this earth is for one purpose, to be able to manifest the mighty, wondrous works of God, to be able to walk in the fullness of the expression of Jehovah God, beloved. And that is why, beloved, you must live a life of consecration. After you've been separated from the world and from sin... By the process that we theologically refer to as sanctification, you must live a life of consecration. In other words, you must live a life whereby you are set apart for the purposes of God, beloved. Hallelujah. Because, friends, God is actually expressed in Christ. He's not expressed elsewhere outside of Christ. God is expressed in Christ Jesus, and Christ is expressed in the body. Now, the body is the church. The church is the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And that is why when you belong to a local church such as this, you're basically coming to a place whereby you are identifying with the local expression of Christ. We don't come to church so as to get membership certificates. We don't come to church so as to find people that we can connect. We come to church to, to, to be able to find expression of the person of Christ. Him crucified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We come to church because, friends, we want to be taught what it means to be in Christ and how to live a life that is Christ-like. Because, friends, God expresses himself in Christ. And, 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 and the other thing you must understand is that our God is a God of revelation. He's a God of revelation. He's a God of revelation. And understand that revelations and the bathing of realities they can only happen in a state whereby you are in deep intimacy with the divine. God is calling us to a place where we are intimate with him. We have an intimate, affectionate relationship with Jesus Christ, whereby we walk with him and allow the spirit of God to reveal Christ in us and through us. Because the spirit of God is the spirit of Christ. He does not say anything that is of his own. He, he, he picks that which is of Christ and he makes it known to us. Hallelujah. Understand, beloved, that the purpose of the mind of Christ is the thoughts of the fathers. Hello? Christ does not have anything else insofar as thought is concerned. The thoughts of Christ are actually the thoughts of God the Father. The mind of Christ is the mind of God the Father. The desires, the intentions, and the purpose of Christ are the desires, the intentions, and the purpose of God the Father. Hallelujah. And God wants us to come to the place that in Christ Jesus, his thoughts become our thoughts. His desires become our desires. His purpose becomes 
our purpose. Psalms chapter 37, I believe, verse 4, it says, Delight in the Lord and he'll grant thee the desires of your heart. Now understand this, beloved. It is not this, your, your, your own solical desires that the scripture is talking about. When you delight in the Lord, you delight in everything about him. You delight in his thoughts. You delight in his ways. You delight in everything that God desires so that whatsoever God hates, you hate. And one of the things we know that God hates is sin with perfect hatred. And you love righteousness because God is righteous. You love purity and holiness because God is pure and holy. The Bible says, be ye holy for I, the Lord, is holy. So the thoughts of God concerning your life, they are not evil. They are good intentions. To give you an expected end. Should be Jeremiah chapter 29, verse what? Verse 11. The thoughts that God has for you, regardless as to whether you're suffering, regardless as to whether you walked out of a very abusive relationship. You know, sometimes this thing called relationship, there's something it does to a lot of people. It's like you end up giving up, you, you, end, up, you end up behaving as though because of the fact that your boyfriend or your girlfriend walked out on you, that's the end of life. Forgetting that there is Christ and him crucified. Because he never breaks our heart. When you take everything to the Lord in prayer, Jesus will comfort you by the Spirit. The Spirit of God is a comforter. Are you getting what I'm saying, beloved? You see, the Spirit of God was not just given to us to speak in tongues. Much as speaking in tongues is good. Okay? Yeah, for those of you who are wondering, what, what, what is the title of my message? I'm, I'm, I'm on the last part of tongues, the decoded language of the Spirit. So I've just said that the Spirit of God was not given to us to just speak in tongues. The Spirit of God was not given to us so that we become a prayer machine. Speaking in tongues is good. Prayer is very good. And the other thing I must also say, the Spirit of God was not given to us so that you and I may walk in power and miracle. Power is good. Miracles are necessary, but that's not everything, beloved. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the Spirit of Truth. Because he is a spirit who in you who will teach you and to bring you to a place whereby you are awakened into all truth in Christ. When you look at what Jesus spoke in the gospel according to John, when he's talking about he will send a helper, he will send a comforter, he will send someone who will lead us into all truth. He is basically referring to the spirit of God. The spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. When the 120 were in the upper room. Hallelujah. There was a rushing wind from heaven. And then immediately a holy quiet came upon these 120. And cloven tongues of, of fire sat upon them. And the Bible says, and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God enabled them. They never spoke in tongues because they had somebody else speaking some tongue. There was no imitation. Every one of them was able. But remember, beloved, in spite of that, that was not why the, the, the Holy Spirit was given to us. The Holy Spirit was given to us so that he alone will testify of Christ. Hallelujah. And he is in you as a child of God to testify of Christ to you because Christ in you is your true reality. There is no any other reality outside of Christ, beloved. 
You must understand, and, and Jesus said very well in the same, same gospel according to John, that the Spirit of God will take whatsoever is of Christ and he will reveal it or he will show it unto his people. Not just the 120, but even for those of us who are here. Hallelujah. Remember, beloved, the Spirit of God is the one who declares your inheritance in Christ. He declares that inheritance to you and all that belongs to Jesus belongs to you because the Bible refers to you and I as joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Now, remember, the Holy Spirit is not showing to you what is Christ as something that belongs to Christ. The Holy Spirit shows you something that is yours. Yes, it is of Christ, but the fact that he is disclosing it unto you should make you understand whatsoever belongs to Jesus belongs to you. Because we are joint heirs with him. That's what the Bible refers to. It, it, it says very well in the Ephesian epistles that we are raised with Christ Jesus. We are seated with him in heavenly places together with him. Far above principalities and powers. I've not read anywhere whereby Jesus is seated in heavenly places with angels. So that tells you that you are above angels. The Bible actually says that we shall judge angels. Yes. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ within you. And he is guiding you into all realities of Christ. That is the work of the Spirit of God. He's a Spirit who reveals reality. Now, it is one thing to read the Bible and get information about Jesus. But it's another thing for the Spirit of God, the very one who inspired the writing of Scripture, within a duration of 1,500 years using different authors who lived in different generations, different dispensations, but all of them, they spoke one thing. From the Old Testament to Revelation, they revealed Christ. Christ is revealed in the Old Testament in, in shadows and in times. But in the New Testament, he is the substance. He comes to tell us that he is the one whom the prophets spoke about. He is the one whom Moses spoke about. He is the one whom Abraham spoke about. And Abraham rejoiced in the spirit when he saw Christ foreshadowed. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when you read about the story of Abraham, the time when he's told to, 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 to take his only son Isaac, the son, in who, the son he loves most. And then he's told, I want you to offer him as a burnt offering in one of the mountains of Moriah that I'll show you. And then when Isaac goes to the mountain... Of course, of course, as he was approaching the, the mountain, Isaac asks him, hey, by the way, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And he says, you know what? The Lord will provide. In other words, only God can provide a sacrifice that is acceptable to him. And the only sacrifice is Christ because Abraham is a type of God the Father and Isaac is a type of Christ. Hello? You getting what I'm saying, church? So the Spirit of God is, is, is there to guide us into all realities of Christ because Christ is the ultimate reality. There is no other reality and we are one with the Spirit of God. God does not want us to operate as though we are a separate segment from him. God wants us to come to a place whereby we see ourselves one with him. There is no separation. Sin is what resulted in people segmenting stuff. Sin separated man from God, man fell dimensionally and man fell insofar as the perspective of the divine is concerned and as a result we began to segment stuff. Even amongst members of the human race, human, you know, members of the human race found themselves being segmented into ethnicity, tribes, professions, 
so that you find that those who are doctors feel that they can only hang around doctors, forgetting that when they have a legal case, they'll need lawyers. The same way lawyers need to go to a doctor when they're sick. The last time I checked, I've never heard of a lawyer who is able to prescribe medication. Okay? Doctors and lawyers need teachers. I'm a teacher by profession. Because, you know, there, there are certain times you may, you may think you know how to teach your children, but you need people like us to teach them well. And so on. Okay? And all these people, they need people who are specialized in IT. Because nowadays everything is about technology. But the devil decided to bring that, you know, those, those segments whereby people are divided. Yet it was the will of the Father that we become one with him and one with each other. Hallelujah. Understand, beloved, the Spirit of God is not guiding you into all truths of Christ as a separate spirit from you. Christ is not a separate spirit from you. From the time when you got born again and, and, and when you got spirit-filled, the Spirit of Christ, who is the Holy Spirit, he came to abide in you so that you may become one with him. And he guides you into all truths through the light of his oneness with you. You must come to the place where you see yourself as one. One with the Spirit of God and one with each other. He is the Spirit of unity. The wall of hostility that existed between the Jew and the Greek, between the Luo and the Kikuyu, the Luya and the Embu, that wall of hostility that made some people think that they are different from others. Jesus Christ, through his vicarious death, he destroyed that wall of hostility. You must understand the mystery of why the curtain in the temple was torn into two. That was a curtain that concealed the Holy of Holies. But it got torn into two to tell us something that we no longer need to go through any other human high priest. Because there's only one mediator between God and man and that is Jesus himself. No longer do we need to go to a high priest. No longer do we need a high priest to enter the Holy of Holies on the day of atonement. Jesus comes as the only atonement and each and every day is the day of atonement, friends. Every day is the day of atonement. Jesus came so that he may become our true Sabbath. So the Sabbath is not necessarily Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know that kind of a thing? It is okay. And, the, and you see, the only reason why we come to church on Sunday is we come to church on Sunday to celebrate Christ. Yes. Yeah. Not to celebrate a day. In the New Testament, there is no such a thing as Sabbath being a day. Because that's limiting God. What happens the rest of the day is you live wickedly. And then on Saturday you go to, to, you go to confess your sins so that you may come and receive some sacrament. Hello? Some of us come from that background. But you know when you get born again, when you get to know the truth, you discover, by the way, even without the sacrament, the only sacrifice that is acceptable to God is Christ. And it is the Spirit of God who teaches you these certain things. And that is why, friends, let us not reduce the Spirit of God to tongues speaking alone. You know, that is what has bound people who are charismatic, people who are Pentecostal. Understand that speaking in tongues is a means to an end. It is not the end itself. Actually, speaking in tongues is, is you know, when you start speaking in tongues for the first time, it is as though you got born again. In other words, you are being ushered, you are being inducted into a dimension 
whereby you learn to walk in the spirit. And, and you see, for you to walk in the spirit, you must submit to the spirit of God. Even as you speak in tongues by him, not by yourself, as you speak in tongues by him, he begins to lead you. Because the end is your awakening to Christ as your only reality. If by, if by receiving the Holy Spirit and all you know is speaking in tongues and yet we cannot see Christ in you, then there's something wrong. Either you're faking your tongues or you do not even understand what you're doing. Because friends, I want to submit to us, when we speak in tongues, we do not lose our, our consciousness. We are very conscious of what we are doing. Hallelujah, church. And this is something that we must know that speaking in tongues is not the end. It, it, it is just a means to the end. You know, the sad bit of it is that the reality of the Spirit of God, how it has been presented to the body of Christ, has been more of fantasy rather than reality. Why? Because people have allowed themselves to be defined by a lie that the enemy has actually cogitated with us. But beloved, the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of truth that dwells within us, he is in us so that we are delivered from those lies that never existed. And the true reality, beloved, is Christ in you. Because life is in Christ. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God within us, he awakens us to the truth that nothing outside of Christ defines us. After we've received the Spirit of God, with the outward evidence of speaking in tongues, we must come to the place whereby as the Spirit of God enables us to speak in tongues, we come to a higher level of consciousness that causes us to understand that there is nothing outside of Christ that can define you. Because the same Spirit that makes you to speak in tongues is the same same Spirit that leads you so that you may produce or bear the fruit of the Spirit. And to bear the fruit of the Spirit, beloved, is a very interesting journey. After you're filled by the Spirit of God and after you have spoken in tongues and you say, you know what, Spirit of God, I want you to lead me. He will not lead you to places where you'll find it easy. He leads you to the terrain and the purpose of the terrain is to root out those tendencies that you've had while you are still in the world. Those mindsets, you know, because it takes time to bear the fruit. And the more you seek him, the more he takes you to places which are not very, very familiar to you. But because you know that this is the spirit of God, you surrender. And you know, if you cannot deal with self, if you cannot deal with the lustful desires, beloved, then you cannot bear the fruit of the spirit. You'll only have tongues and become a noisy symbol. You'll make so much noise, but there's nothing. In other words, you become very religious whereby you have a form of godliness but you deny the power that brings transformation into your life, beloved. And, and, and that is why we must allow the Spirit of God to be our guide. We must allow the Spirit of God to give us his eyes. Do you know time has come whereby you must trust God to remove the eyes you have so that he gives you his eyes. What I basically mean is that God the, Ho you see God the Holy Spirit, he wants you to see things from his perspective. He wants you to understand things from his perspective. But the truth is this, beloved. Until you set your mind on things above and not things below, you will never have the mind of Christ and therefore it will be hard for you to be able to see things from the perspective of God. That is why one thing you must understand when we go through a life of sanctification and consecration, it basically helps us to overcome the things 
that make it hard for us to live a victorious life. And that is why, beloved, you must trust the Holy Spirit to lead you. Do not draw back when the Holy Spirit leads you beyond the veils of your religion. There's a lot of religion in the body of Christ. That things have to be done in a particular way. Service must begin this way and end this way. Service must be one and a half hours. Where is it in the Bible? That service must end for four hours like the way you do it in infamy. No, it's not written in the Bible. The fact that we have service for four hours does not mean that we are more scriptural or biblical than others. It all depends on how the Spirit of God leads you. Because it is possible for you to stay for four hours where you speak in tongues, but the truth is God is not there. Let me submit to you something, if I may digress. Do you know you can be very prayerful, but God is not in your prayers? You can be very prayerful, but God is not there. Bishop, what are you saying? Yes. You can also be a student of the word, whereby you read the word, you're able to quote scriptures, you know where the commas are, but God is not there. You only have the scriptures that give you the knowledge about God. But the God of the scripture is not in your life. How do you know he's not in your life? By how you react to people who offend you. You get offended, eh? Yet you know the scripture that talks about forgiveness. But you can't forgive. So that means God is not there. By the way, also, let me take it further. We can be worshiping God. You know, God told me something very interesting. I was sharing with some people yesterday when we met somewhere. The fact that God moves in our service, he does not move because of the worship team. He does not move because of those who are doing sound or media and everybody. Sometimes the movement of God is because of a, of a visitor who came, one single visitor. There was a time God carried me in the spirit and we were having service. And God moved. Guys were slain in the spirit. And you know, God told me, listen, these guys who are slain in the spirit, I did not come for them. They have encountered the experience. But that person who's a visitor, and God showed me a lady whom I had seen when I was preaching. I have not seen her come today. And even if she came today, I would not even talk about her. I would speak in coded language so that she doesn't feel awkward. Eh? But God told me that whereas everybody else has the experience, this particular lady encountered the reality. Because friends, we must be very careful about the visitations of God. He can come and all you have is an experience. You have a high moment. The same way you have a high when you drink alcohol. Then the following day you wake up to a what? A hangover. And that is the sad state of people in the body of Christ, including infamy. And for some of you, the hangover starts at the canteen. But here, Jesus, we love you. Even how you look at people, you'd wonder whether you're really born again. Yet your tongues are civilized. Meaning the spirit of God has no place in your life. God is not in the things we do. God is not in the works. Now, am I saying prayer is wrong? No, prayer is very good. I love to pray. I can pray for hours in my house. Worship, I'm a worshiper. Even though much as I like to preach the word of God, but friends, my first place of ministry at the place of the altar was not preaching. 
It was worship. But God is not in the worship. Worship gives you an experience. By the way, let me also take it further. You see, I may preach a powerful sermon, but the truth is, you'll just have an experience that Papa preached well about relationships and about realms. And that is all. But someone who's not a member of this church touched base with reality and went with it. Oh, make a too with your experience. No wonder there's no change in your life. Hmm? You don't understand realms. You don't know how to forgive. You have an attitude. You despise people. Let me tell you, friends, when you grow in God, you become less critical. You learn to accept those whom you think are unlovable. Hmm? That is what, what it means being led by the Spirit. That after you've spoken in tongues, you bring yourself to the place where you begin to hang out with people you ordinarily do not hang out. You love them and you see them from God's perspective, not from your own perspective. Because, beloved, if we are to see each other with our own perspective, you'll never love anybody. Because what happens is, when you, when you are exposed to the weaknesses of a person, you shy off. But if it is Christ himself who, whose eyes you have, you'll not shy off. You'll see yourself as a point of contact through this person, will become whole. And that is why I'm one person who does not take it for granted when I meet backsliders. Hello, church. Some of the people who left the faith, they may not be members, of, they may have not been members of this church. Wherever, God is calling us to a place whereby if we are truly led of the Spirit, and if your tongues are the original ones, friends, I want to see compassion. For especially backsliders. Some of these guys are supposed to be serving God in the kingdom, but we've just ignored them and we condemn them. That is not being Christ-like. When you look at the ministry of Christ, you discover something. This guy never, he, you know, and every other person was condemning Zacchaeus. Him, he saw a soul. And just by having fellowship with Zacchaeus, without even asking him to give a seed, Zacchaeus said, you know what? I'm going to return back everything that I took away from the poor. He decided to repent. You know, repentance is change of attitude. Repentance is not saying, I repent. Repentance is change of attitude, change of mindset. You see sin from God's perspective, not from what Bishop says, from God's perspective. Because it is one thing for Bishop to tell you what sin is. But if the Spirit of God does not enable you to, 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 to see what exactly is God speaking through the mind of Bishop, you'll see Bishop as though he's judging you. And that is why some of you, you fear this man because of his voice. And you forget that what you're seeing here is different from who he is at home. Hello, church? The personality is different. I'm speaking on behalf, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm God's mouthpiece. And if God has helped you, you'll go beyond the personality. And you'll be able to say, okay, what is God saying concerning my life? Not what any other person is saying. When you're truly helped by God, beloved, one of the things you'll discover is that you will not care who is judging you. Some of you are so mindful about what people are thinking about you. My friend, human beings are very interesting. When you mind so much about people, you'll, ne you'll never be friends with anybody. Today, someone is condemning you, the next season they are praising you. And the reason why they are praising you is because they've seen God uplifting you. Nikweli. <laughs> One season you are doing so well, everybody wants you. But when you go into a dry spell, people run away from you because you have got nothing tangible to offer. They can no longer see opportunities to receive handouts. 
You don't have connections that they're looking for. And you see, that's why I'm telling you, people come to church for all of those of things. So you must be very careful as to whom you're hanging around with. Church, you're getting what I'm saying? Yes. Huh? So that you do not see the Spirit of God as only giving you tongues. He's, giving, he's leading you into all realities in matters of Christ. Don't, and, and you know, beloved, do not run back. Do not run back when your beliefs are brought under judgment. As you walk step by step by the truth with him. Beloved, you must completely surrender what you think to know as the truth under his guardianship. Surrender it. One thing that I've discovered, friends, whatsoever may be truth to you in one season may not, have, uh, may not suffice in the next season. You must allow, allow the Spirit of God to enable you to graduate. The same way tongues are not supposed to remain the same. When we speak in tongues, we start with a few syllables, but you must come to the place whereby you speak mature tongues. Okay? Mature tongues. Not the same, same thing. Just the same way as you speak in mature tongues, you are allowing the Spirit of God to bring you and put you on the scales of the scriptures concerning your belief system. And you surrender each and everything that you think. And you allow the Spirit of God to unravel the unsearchable riches of Christ within you to you. Hello? And beloved, understand this. My prayer is that you will let the light from within you to judge everything that defines your experience. It is okay for you to have a good experience. You've, you've, you've received the Holy Spirit with the outward evidence of speaking in tongues, but at the end of the day, you must come to the place where you allow the light of God that is vested within you. Let that light judge everything. Because the Spirit of God is the best judge of everything. Not men. Okay? He will judge everything that defines your experience. He will judge the falling down on the scale of the season. Why did you fall down? He's, he's the searcher of the intentions of the hearts of men. That is the spirit of God. Why do you do the things you do? Why do you play the guitar the way you do? Why do you usher? Why do you receive visitors? You know, why are you behind the media desk? He does that. You cannot move him with tongues. After all, you received it from him. Hello. That's why, beloved, we must come to the place where we ultimately surrender. We surrender ourselves under the judgment of his light and let the Spirit of God pass his rod of judgment on you. Now, when I talk about the rod of judgment, I'm not talking about affliction. I know when you hear the word judgment, millennials will come up and say, please don't judge me. When somebody tells me you don't judge me, what that tells me is that you know the truth, but you don't want it. Anyone who t comes and tells you that, please, I don't want to be judged, that here's the thing. This person knows the truth, but he's fighting it. Wants to justify his or her state. Friends, I want you to understand this. No man can judge any man. But Christ in man will judge your intentions. He will judge your motives. Your motives will be put on the scale of the word of truth. Are we together, church? Yes. And it is only he alone who will pass the rod of judgment on you. Now, the rod of judgment is not to destroy you. 
The rod of judgment is to redeem you because we serve a God of redemption. And anytime, even when we, we, we undergo the chastisement of the Lord, understand, the Lord loves the one whom he chastises. So when you're going through under the chastisement of the Lord, know very well it is love. God is motivated by love. Hallelujah. And, and, and beloved, allow, as, as you journey with the Spirit of God, allow everything in you that is inconsistent with Christ as your identity to be destroyed under the judgment of his light. There are things in us that are inconsistent. They are inconsistent with Christ as our identity because our identity is in Christ. We don't have any, any other form of identity outside of Christ. Your pristine identity is an extraction of Christ. Okay? You are made in his image and after his likeness. When God formed man from the dust of the ground, we know very well the Bible says he breathed the breath of life into that body and man became a living soul. So there are things in us that are not consistent. And as we undergo consecration, the Spirit of God will bring us under the scrutiny of the light of his word because it is the word of God that judges us. What do, I mean that, what do I mean when I say the word of God? The word of God basically means the spirit of his word, not the letter of the law. The underlying principle. And when you go against any principle, beloved, it is the principle of God's word that will rise against you. Are we together? Just the same way, the things we use in the natural, everything has got a principle. Isn't it? When you go against a particular principle, it will work against you. Man has destroyed the environment. We know that it's been very hot, and this is not the Nairobi that I knew. Okay? I'm old enough to know very well how Nairobi was. Even during January, it was not this hot. But the reason why it is this way is because we've gone against certain principles concerning nature and the environment. And nature is unforgiving. When you destroy water catchment areas and you put up these whole structures called apartments and flats, it, be, it gets very dusty and very hot. And that's why you find that people are experiencing all kinds of conditions. That's why, the, you know, there's been so much in infection that has been affecting our children. Part of, the, it's part of the reason is because the environment has been destroyed. When you cut down trees, and some of these trees have medicinal properties, so, so there's no capacity within our human mechanism that would enable us to sustain in terms of our immunity. And that is why you find that especially our babies, they are falling sick. And you know it is a strategy of the devil. People to fall sick so that they go to hospital. And when they go to hospital, the pharmaceutical companies will benefit as well as the insurance companies. That's the whole idea. Hello? For those of you who love the doctor, I have news for you. Doctors love you coming to see them. Okay? But we are not trying to condemn doctors. Neither are we condemning nurses, Muriungi. We are just sharing. Okay? You get what I'm saying? You know, we learned... In the, in, 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 the, in, in the series that, that we've done, that the gift of, the, of tongues is basically the Holy Spirit empowering you supernaturally so that you are able to speak in languages that are beyond your natural ability. You either speak tongues of men, 
tongues of angels as well as tongues of the spirit. And you know, it's interesting that uh, you are able to speak, if it is earthly languages, you are able to speak in earthly languages without having studied them, without having learned them. And this one we see very clearly in Acts chapter 2 from verse 4 to 12. Karoma, are we there? Acts chapter 2 from verse 4 um, uh, to 12. Maybe we can read that particular scripture. And suddenly they there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues Mark those words. As the Spirit gave them utterance, not as man. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's continue. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under the earth. Now that particular phraseology there, don't, don't interpret it literally. Okay? Look at it metaphorically. Let's continue. Lawyers are not there. <laughs> But I'm not influenced by my Luya heritage. So, Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and, and were confounded. In others, they, 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 they were very much amazed, they were confused in a way, because that every man had them speak in his own language. Okay, let's continue. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how here we, and, and how here we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians, the Medes, the Elamites, and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia, Persia, Pavilia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and the strangers of Rome, Jews and the proselytes, proselytes, Cretans, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. We can stop there. Now, when you look at this particular scripture that we've just read, Acts chapter 2, verse 4 to 12, it is the clearest example of how the Holy Spirit can empower people through the gift of speaking in tongues to supernaturally enable them to speak in earthly languages that they had not previously known. You get what I'm saying, church? These believers were there 120 who were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says they went out on the streets to bear witness of Jesus Christ. They did not go out to the streets to make noise. Eh? They spoke in tongues, 
and they were speaking the and, and you see the parti- uh, uh, the particular type of tongues they were speaking each of them was able to speak in a particular lingo that those who were present could hear and what were they speaking they were speaking about Christ and what Jesus Christ did on the cross you 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 you, you get what i'm saying they bore witness of Jesus Christ remember Jesus tells them he he speaks to the apostles in acts the book of acts that um do not do not depart from Jerusalem wait until you are endued with power from on high and then you shall be witnesses unto me so when the spirit of god comes upon us it is for the purposes of us being witnesses of christ you witness him in, in, in the marketplace. Yes, you speak in tongues. Thank God you speak in tongues. Maybe you might not speak in the tongue of those people at the marketplace, but at least after you've spoken in tongues, when you go out, you speak about Jesus and him crucified. And the more you speak, the more people's hearts are pricked, and the next thing is that they want to get saved. Yeah. That is the kind of thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Not this wishy-washy experience whereby you have a high, and by the time you go to the canteen, you just behave like the devil himself. Hatred is there, jealousy is there, and every other thing. You must be someone who allows the Spirit of God, you know, to cause you to witness Him, and you don't need to have been saved for a long time. Are we together, church? These guys, these apostles together with the other brethren, they were all Galileans, as we just read. And they spoke in the languages and the dialects of every person that was there. Remember, this was a time when people had visited. There were some tourists who were there, just as we read in, in, in that particular scripture. And we, of course, we had people who were immigrants in the city of Jerusalem. And, you know, they had to come to see because they, they also had the mighty wind. Yes. They had the roaring. But you see, they did not have the idea what it was all about. For them, it was an experience. But those who were in the upper room, not only was it an experience, it was an encounter. And a time has come whereby we must stop operating in experiences to the point whereby we have an encounter with Christ. Whereby we see him in the power of his resurrection. That much as you are a clerk in an office, but you know that in the spirit, you are the one who runs that particular place. You are able to program everything at the place of prayer and ensure that the matters and the vision of the company is fulfilled according to the agenda of God. That you're able to speak to your boss a word of counsel and he listen to you, notwithstanding that you are a junior. That's what God is calling us to. You, you, you get what I'm saying? That wherever you go, if it is at the family level, some of you, God wants you to be a people who will be witnesses to your siblings, to your uncles, to your aunties. And it cannot happen when you do not have anything in you. Because all you have is experience. But friends, experience can only take you, it cannot take you far. God wants you to have reality. You see, one, one of the things that I've discovered is that every experience is a womb of reality. So until you access what is inside the womb of the experience, you'll not get the reality of Christ. You get what I'm saying? Look at it this way. When a drunkard takes alcohol, what happens is he comes under the influence of the intoxicating effect of alcohol. So it becomes a partaker not only of the experience but of the reality because what happens is the alcohol will make him behave in a different way. 
So God is saying that, hey, just in the same way, we should not drink wine that leads us to debauchery. We must partake of the Holy The Holy Spirit is the new wine. It is the wine of Pentecost that we are supposed to partake of it. That yes, we speak in tongues and the tongues are a declaration of the mighty works of God and the witness itself, the reality of Christ is so much in us. By the time when you're through speaking in tongues, you begin to testify of him by the power of the spirit and with boldness. Hmm? Whereby with great power you give witness to the resurrection of Jesus himself. Hallelujah. You see... These people who came to Jerusalem, they were present and each and every one of them had the testimony of the reality of Jesus and the mighty wonders of God in their own respective languages. Okay? God is calling us to the place where we are able to be relevant even to those who may not understand us. That by the Spirit of God in us, we are able to speak to them in a language that they are able to understand. Now, when I talk about language, I'm not talking about speaking to them in any other strange language. I'm talking about God enabling you to have a repackaging, if I may use that, whereby your English becomes different from what you speak. Why? Because if the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God puts words in your mouth, you speak, yes, English. People know that it is English, but it's not just English. There is a spirit behind what you say. And that spirit is a spirit that, that, does, that, that, that does not make people feel condemned. It is a spirit of conviction. It is a spirit of the reality of Christ. If you're speaking Sheng, let me tell you, you can witness to young people at the ghetto in Sheng and they'll get born again. But the question is, how will they get born again when all you have is emptiness? And you know, non-believers can know when you have nothing. Oh, they can, they can, know, they can, they can, beloved. Hmm? We must come to the place where the spirit of God causes us to hear the word of the Lord in the lingo that people understand in their own level, that they come to a place where they are not only astonished, but they will be pricked into their hearts to say, you know what, I want to get born again. Because friends, the purpose of the facet of the gift of speaking to tongues, as we read in this particular scripture, it was to be a sign. It was supposed to be a wonder, okay? However, there is the empowerment that we get out of this particular experience by the Spirit of God. And this exp- exp- empowerment enables us to be witnesses of Jesus Christ to the people wherever they are. Okay? We are able to speak within their own context. We are able to, I, you know, we, we allow the Spirit of God to help us touch base with the real issues that people are facing. Let me tell you something. There are so many seminars about the economy. There are so many workshops that people have in this country, but Kenya is becoming worse. Hello? Because we are relying on principles that were set by people who are governed, who are modulated by the Babylonian system to tell us what to do. And if there is something that God is calling the church to, the church must separate herself from the spirit of Babylon. Because the spirit of Babylon is creeping into the church. Infamy, if we are not careful, yes, we will have people who will purportedly be born again and they join us. But unfortunately, some of these people do not have the, they don't have the heart of the gospel in them. They don't have the kingdom in them. 
So what happens is they begin to pervade, and they begin to pervade leadership. They are given positions, and what happens is they, within a short time, they influence the church to operate like Babylon. That is something that God is very particular about the body of Christ today. I was sharing with my father in the Lord and we were were both alive to the fact that God is actually calling the church out of Babylon because Babylon is not just outside. Babylon is also in the church. You know people who come and they bring you and they present to you things that work in the marketplace? The church is not the marketplace. The church is a living organism. The church is the body of Christ. It is not marketplace. Yes, we are in marketplace, but beloved, at the end of the day, if you yourself do not understand why you're in the marketplace, and if you cannot allow the word of God, the spirit of the word of truth, to help you have a renewed mind that causes you to be relevant to the marketplace, you'll be swallowed by the spirit of Babylon. Are you getting what I'm saying, church? You know, some of you, God really needs to help you. Hey, I don't even know how, how to start. You know, some of you guys... Whenever we call for meetings, you just refuse to come because you feel it does not help you. Because you, 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 you want a financial expert, somebody who has been tried and tested. The question is, tried and tested from where? From which altar? Do you know every place in the marketplace has an altar? So you want to listen to someone who is not even a believer, or might be a believer but religious. Teaches you things, and when you try to apply them, they fail. Because of the spirit. Because you don't know even know who you are. Let me take it further. Why are you looking for solutions from elsewhere and yet they are already in you? Let me tell you something, church. There is nothing that God exposes you to that you cannot handle. You have the solution, but the problem is you have allowed Babylon to influence you. You have the solution. All you need is to, is, to, is to understand that you need to strategically position yourself in the spirit. You must understand that there are people who may be good, but they are not profitable for you. In other words, they are good, but they are not acceptable to you. They are not evil. Mm-mm-mm. They are not evil. But when it comes to matters of your consecration, you allowing them to influence you will not suffice. It will bring pain in the long run. You get what I'm saying, church? You must live a life of total separation where you be careful of whom you hang around with. Because some of the people we have hanged around with are the ones who've misled us. Especially in the marketplace. You want to make millions in dollars and in yen and in selling pounds. Yes, but it will not be your own way. The solutions are locked within you. You need someone who is able to unlock the portal of your life. I'm telling you the truth. Some of the people that we think are successful, they are not successful according to God. I have seen people that I thought when I was growing up, you know, there was this guy, he had a family, and you know, their life was figured out. I mean, his, his children were my friends. They even knew my parents. We thought that these guys were doing good, yet the guy never used to go to church. Until one day, strange things began to happen. 
So when I inquired further, I realized this guy belonged to a secret society. So what happened was he never fulfilled a particular sacrifice. And you know, friends, the devil is not like God. There is no grace serving the devil. Akuna grace wacha nikwambie. Afadhali Jehovah, you know our God is a God of second chances. I'd rather run to a God with my struggles. At least I know I am safe. You know, a righteous man falls seven times, but God will pick you up. But with the devil, there's no falling down and being picked up. <laughs> you miss it, you miss it forever. This guy started, you know, he started going down. His wife was being harassed by demons. And you know, the wife did not know what the husband was doing. So everything that they had built their lives upon, it crumbled. Not everything that glitters is gold, church. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. But the spirit of God in you should lead you to a point where you know whom do you hang out with because you need a person who may not necessarily appear as though he has. Because, friends, you know God's purpose is normally packaged in the wrong package. God does not package his purpose in, in, in a presentable way. You need to ask those, uh, those spies who went to Jericho. Can you imagine of all the places they went to was a house of a prostitute. Prostitute. Hmm? A woman who sleeps with anything for money. But marchers, marchers, this woman was just heavy heavy. The spies perceive that this is the only person that can give us intelligence about Jericho. You get what I'm saying? Now, on the other hand, Rahab looked at these spies and she had heard stories about how God, the God of Israel, had destroyed other kingdoms. So she said, you know, I know. I know that you guys are coming to destroy us. But listen here. The same way I've shown kindness to you, show kindness to my house, me, and my family. If it was somebody else who was a courtier in the palace of the, of, 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 of the rule of Jericho, it would have been another story altogether. So both of them perceived the purpose of God. You see, Rahab perceived the purpose of God in this spice. This spice also saw that this one is going to be an instrument to fulfill the purpose of God. The wrong package. Never despise people. Never despise anybody. Never despise someone because of the fact that they are struggling in life. Might be struggling in life, but might, might have probably a solution. And you know, when you're sensitive in the spirit, the spirit of God will, uh, will cause you to open up to such a person. I'm telling you, not everything that glitters is gold. Even in the body of Christ, not everybody who says praise the Lord praises the same Lord you praise. In fact, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you are a single who is seated here and those who are, who are listening to this broadcast, listen to me. Not every man that you see driving a car and lives in a marionette in Runda is good and suitable for you. If you are a guy probably you've been struggling financially and there's this woman who has shown interest in you and she's loaded with money, my friend, think twice. Now, I'm not saying it is wrong to be attracted to a woman who's more tuned than you. It is okay and it happens, but listen, is it of God? Is it of God? You might end up being hooked with the wrong person. 
Yeah, the person who came from Kibera was God's purpose for you, but you despise because of his background. Yeah. It happens. You might end up becoming the next sacrifice to that person's altar. Yes, whether male or female. It might, it might be that woman who will do it to you, or that man might do it to you. So not everything that glitters is good. And that is why when people come to us in matters of relationship, we speak to them in good faith. We don't force. But if you insist on having your way, my friend, have it your way. And then you can tell yourself God will make a way where there seems not to be a way. Are we together in family? Never despise anybody. One thing that I've noticed about the Spirit of God when you're full of Him, He leads you to people and He'll lead you even into decision, process of making a decision that is not consistent with what the world wants. It may probably be a decision that will put you at loggerheads with your friends. Now, here's the thing, beloved. Your friends may not be opposed to you because they are, their motives are ulterior. It's because God, it has not been given to them to understand your consecrations. You must understand your consecration. If you don't understand your consecration process, my friend, you're doomed. Infamous, you hearing what I'm saying? God wants us to know that when we speak in tongues, and I'm just doing a summary of what I've been doing, we are speaking an, a, a, a heavenly language that unlocks multiple realms of divine power in our lives. The purpose of speaking in tongues is to unlock certain realms. When you begin to change tongues, what happens is you're ushered into another realm. That's why the language has to grow. It is not just so that you may feel like you're high sounding. No, 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 no. God wants you to enter into realms of authority and dominion in the spirit. Because friends, yes, we live in this world, but this world is controlled by the invisible realm. And there are matters that are going on in the, in the invisible realm. Unless we have divine intelligence on what is happening in our lives, what is happening in our country, we'll end up living in vain. Hello? Because one thing that I know, whenever I speak in tongues for hours, God gives me insight. And I begin to understand as I continue speaking in tongues. It may not even be something that I've been thinking about or praying about, but God ushers me to, to, a, to a different place. And I begin to understand things from his perspective. He begins to share with me his burden. The burden of the Lord. And you know, while, while I carry the burden of the Lord, God also takes care of my own burden. That's why our prayers should stop just focusing on self. Me, my job, my wife, my kids my extended family, and that is all. Hmm? Okay? You get what I'm saying, church? Yes. yes. I don't know why Thea is causing. I thought we were supposed to connect, but it's okay. It's okay. The other thing that I've realized about speaking in tongues, huh? has it ever occurred to you that speaking in tongues is a door to other spiritual gifts? It is a door. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You cannot access other gifts of the Spirit just like that. Mm -mm. When you pray in tongues and you worship God in tongues, beloved, other gifts of the Spirit begin to pop, crop up. I realize that speaking in tongues is a door to other gifts. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gift of faith, discernment of spirits, speaking in Diverse tongues. You know, speaking in diverse tongues is, is different 
from you receiving tongues by virtue of the fact that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's also the gift of speaking in diverse tongues, which works hand in hand in the, with the gift of, of interpretation of tongues. You get what I'm saying? You see, other gifts of the Spirit, they will become more prominent in and through the life of the body of Christ when people speak in tongues genuinely. Because one of the things that I've discovered about speaking in tongues is that it stimulates your faith as a person. It stimulates your faith and it helps you to learn to trust God more fully. I told you last week that there are times when you want to pray in understanding because of your circumstances you get so discouraged. But here is God taking you into a realm whereby you do not speak to your mind because he that speaketh in tongues does not speak to men but you speak in tongues unto God. So the spirit of God is able to capture your, the vibrations of your tongues and and, and, and connects your tongues into his frequency so that he is now, he's the one now praying in you and through you according to the mind of God because he is the same spirit who searches the deeper things of God. He knows what is the mind of God. Hallelujah. You get what I'm saying, church? And that is why faith must always be exercised so that for us to be able to speak in tongues. Because, beloved, it is the Spirit of God that specifically directs the words we speak. That's another thing you must understand. I don't speak in tongues because I feel like just saying, It is the Spirit of God that directs. So the question you must ask yourself, those tongues you speak, are you sure it's the Spirit of God directing? Whether it is tongues of men, tongues of angels, tongues of the Holy Spirit, is it him? Chances are it might not be him. I'm just saying chances are because I don't know. It might not be him because sometimes when you listen to people speaking in tongues, you wonder, doesn't this sound like it is similar? It's not supposed to be similar. It's different. It might almost sound similar, but the truth of the matter is that when you listen carefully, you'll discover that it's different. And how do you determine the, the, the difference? By the... By, by the vibration that comes from someone's belly and that very vibration connecting with the frequency of the spirit. All right? So it is the spirit of God that directs the words we speak. And you know, sometimes when you speak in tongues, you do not know what the next word will be. So we have to trust God for that. Just like, you know, whenever, 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 whenever we, we give prophecies, I can tell you sometimes... God can probably give me two words. Yeah. Or he shows me a picture or a vision. You know, if I may give an example, he shows me a vision of Eddie and then he gives me two words about Eddie. Because I'm a man of faith, as I begin to speak those two words, other words begin to flow. You get what I'm saying? Even when tongues are being interpreted, if you ask Pastor Stormzy, he'll tell you that uh, he does not get everything. What happens is he has, his spirit man has been tuned to the frequency of the spirit and is able to catch what is it that God is saying by the tongues of messages. So that when he is speaking, he's not speaking according to the length of the tongues. No. He speaks according to the height or the vibration and frequency. I can speak probably in tongues for probably less than 30 seconds. But the interpretation might probably take even three minutes. 
Interpreting tongues is not a word-to-word translation. It is you being able to capture the spirit of the message. And it is by faith. You get what I'm saying? Because, you know, when we pray in tongues, we are basically accessing a heavenly language. And it empowers us to be able to proclaim and to declare divine mysteries. Hallelujah, church. And one of the things that you must understand about praying in tongues is that it basically strengthens you and it accelerates you in the things of the spirit. If you're a person who's filled by the spirit of God, then trust him to be able to accelerate you and to give you strength. And then the thing that, 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 that you also discover about speaking in tongues, for those of you who are sensitive, is that it allows you to make decrees, prophetic decrees, to declare and to receive the things of God that are beyond your natural understanding. If you are so much in tune to speaking in tongues with your consciousness intact, you'll find yourself, when you switch now to the normal language, you begin to declare things that look impossible. You begin to speak life into a situation where there is no life. You get what I'm saying? God begins to tell you, hey, I'm taking you to a place you've never gone to. I've given you a plot in Kipingo. Do you know where Kipingo is? In Mombasa County. That's a place of those who is who. In Mombasa and in Kenya, they have their own property. And God is telling you that you're going to have. But when you look at yourself... It's hard. But if it is God, let me tell you, if it is God himself, he will see it to fruition. There are things God has spoken to us as a church. And some of it I cannot tell some of you because your level of faith is such that you'll think that I'm bluffing. So I'd rather wait until when it comes to pass, then I'll be able to make you understand where we came from. There are things God spoke to us even as a board in 2012 about where we will settle and so on and so forth. And you know what, friends? We are not trying to help God. We are moving us by his pace. There are things he's spoken to me. I've shared it with a few people, but guess what? I'm not bothered. See, it is God who has spoken. Meanwhile, I must occupy. Do what is right. I cannot fold my arms and wait. God has said, God has said, Bishop Gobanga, you're going to live in Upper Matasia. So I do this. I must be faithful with the house where I live in, in Upper Hill. How can I move to a, to, to, to a machinate in Apamatasia when I spoil my own house just because the owner is a Somali? Yeah. And you know, Christians have a very bad testimony when it comes to housing. Yes. We are the ones who have the worst testimony. A friend of mine was telling me about a pastor that I knew. And he connected this pastor to a house that um, is owned by his dad. The pastor, by the time this pastor left that house, there was a lot of damage. Holes were on the walls, writings and so on. Sockets were off hanging. And this is a pastor, a man of God. <laughs> Anointed. <laughs> speaks the mysteries of God. Walks in power and miracles with the ministry of deliverance. Hallelujah. So you're wondering, okay, fine. Uh, granted you're a man of God, but the question is, does the Spirit of God lead you into destroying somebody's property? That's a very bad testimony. 
I told myself that where I stay, I must have a good testimony. I must. If I leave a house, it must be painted. If there are repairs, the, the, the expenses will be on me. Why? Because I have a testimony. So that people may also begin to take seriously the Christ that I believe in. When they hear me speak in tongues, and nowadays I'm very loud. It's good. Oh, I'm very loud, especially at night. Hey, I'm very loud. Thank God I have not received any communication. The days of COVID, we used to get uh, phone calls. Punguza Sauti and so on. Until one time I told the guards, now listen to me. I'm not reducing the volume because I know I'm not loud. Because, you know, I would test my system and I would go down just to test. And I said, well, tell whoever that is making noise, Ajipange. Because I realized it was also the enemy. No phone call, nothing. Why? Because I, I first of all had to conquer the force that was operating in my estate. You don't just move to an estate and you just start living. You must understand what is going on. You must pray and intercede for people who are there. And you must pray that those who are serving any other false agenda, they need to go. And surely walihama. I started with my block, went to block A, block C, block D. Now we are okay. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah? My friend, don't go crying. My friend, don't even sleep. Don't give them sleep. Don't even exchange words. You go to your room and tell your Abba, honey, you know what? Let's go before God. Watch out to Panda Sasa Kiro. You pray and pray until that Jirani respects you. Akishindo Ahame. Papa, you mean to tell me unafukuza watu? Sio kufukuza watu, tunafukuza mapepo. We are not against people. You get what I'm saying? Some of you are get me. You know the Bible talks about things that God has prepared for us, but things that eyes have not seen. Things that ears have not heard. Things that have never entered the hearts of men. You get what I'm saying, friends? One of the things that I've discovered, tongues will allow you to go above and beyond the limits of your natural mind. Okay? What, in other words, what tongues do is that it will take you out of your head and into the spirit. Because, you know, the challenge with, with, the, hum, with the human being is that we, 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 our life is so much here. More than here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hmm? Instead of here. Hmm? Of course, the mind is the receptacle and the depository of divine truth. That one is true. But the problem is, what is in your mind is not even truth. It is human logic. It is human logic. So when we speak in tongues, it takes you out of your logical way of operational. Yeah. And it ushers you into the spirit. Yeah. Okay? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. In, we, whenever we pray in tongues, we are praying in perfect agreement with the plans and the purposes of God. And sometimes, you know, some of the plans of God, we have no natural understanding about them. But because they are of God, God will help us to understand in due course. You get what I'm saying, guys? Yes. 
And one thing that I've noticed is that praying, especially in tongues, is a vital aspect to your spiritual growth and also being sensitive in the spirit. You, you know, some of you have asked, but Bishop, how do I grow in being able to discern the voice of God? And yet I ask you, okay, are you filled by the spirit of God? Because if you pray in tongues and yet you don't even get anything from God, then I must ask, I must question your tongues. Either you imitated them, or those tongues are of the devil. But if you are genuinely speaking in tongues, hmm, you get what I'm saying? If you are genuinely speaking in tongues, because the very last service of this month, it will, it will not really be a preaching service. It will be a service whereby we are going to worship and we'll do ministration. So that those who are not filled by the Spirit of God, you will come here and stand. And the pastors and the deaconry will lay hands on you. Those who have never, who have been speaking baby tongues, you need to now graduate from Raba, Raba, Riba, Katele, Laba, Kaboko, Setele, Bakabi. I mean, we need to see some maturity. That will be an opportunity. Those who have been feeling dry because of discouragement, it will be now an opportunity for us to have a wheelbarrow session. Visitors, those of you who are here, we normally, we, in infant, we, we used to have wheelbarrow sessions in 2011. We will have a wheelbarrow session, and it will all depend on you. Okay? You get what I'm saying? So on the 26th, come expectant, because next Sunday we, we will not have service. It's going to be Bible study Sunday. People will be meeting their various Bible studies. But on the 26th, Okay? Of course, we are, going to, we are going to dedicate baby Nathaniel. It's so nice that he's been dedicated on the day when people will actually be thrown. Eh? Eh? Okay? Yeah. I just pray that the parents will not be so much high until we now have to dedicate the baby <laughs> with the parents with me. Okay? We, and we'll see. Okay? So... We are going to do that because people need to get... A, a, there are those of you who have never spoken in tongues. Iyo itakuwa nisiku yako. Na upendo usipende lazima ulewe. Alafu kuna wala ambao mekauka. Hiku kauka kauka dry, 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 dry spell. Elele mokosi, ililiba ya. Stomzi, stomzi. Eh? Eh? Pastor Storm Z. He understands exactly what I say. Want people to be flooded with the Spirit of God. And after that, we expect you to, uh, to be led by the Spirit. These grudges you have should, should go. Attitude and so on. You'll find yourself loving people the way God wants you to love them. If it is hugging, you're giving a genuine hug, not a fake one. Huh? When you go home, you, 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 you take your Bible and you study it. You spend less time watching, you know, other programs, movies on YouTube, and you, 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 you'll be listening to sermons. Of course, you start with the one for infamy. Ama? Most of the ones for? Last man, Ama last one. Nataka nichome. Eh? Nicheza chini? Oh. Lakini unajua ujaongea na mimi vizuri? Ama nichome. <laughs> okay. So can we stand as I invite the worship team?
Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.